Have you ever been in a bad situation and found yourself saying, something told me not to do that? You ever done that? Yeah, yeah. Or you're, it's kind of like something just didn't feel right. And, and I've had that happen many times, but it really pays us to listen sometimes to that voice because it usually comes out of our heart, not out of our head. Just a few months back, I had built this floating dock over between these two points over our cove. And I just, just thought I'd take no one on a walk across that floating dock. And as I'm heading toward it, I get this strong inclination out of my heart. Don't do that. Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. So I got Nolan. Lori doesn't even know the story. I got Nolan out of that dock and it does this little movement thing. So Nolan jumps off the dock into the water. And of course, it's not just water, but it's Lake Sarah mud. And Nolan's a white, extra furry Siberian Husky. And so he's got mud all over him. When he comes out, he shares that mud with me. And then for about the next hour, I'm having to bathe this dog that doesn't like to be bathed, spray him down, hook him and let him dry. So it just took a better part of an hour out of my life. And I said, I should have listened to that voice. But sometimes it can be oh so serious. I remember many years ago, driving back from the hospital, it was like an emergency call. And I was at the hospital, it was about 2 a.m. I'm driving back. It was a cold winter, kind of a, you know, just mucky, kind of drizzly type of frozen precip night and I'm coming back and I'm driving past where the Kmart used to be. I'm coming over the overpass and as I'm coming, I'm watching the lights. I'm ready to get home, get a few hours sleep. And you know how you see the lights fixing to change, ready to go through the light and something in my heart said, stop, don't go through that green light. And I stopped and off the interstate on that exit comes this truck barreling through and I realized, man, I would have been dead if I hadn't listened to that voice. And life's full of decisions. They said the average adult makes 35,000 decisions in a day. Just a ton of decisions out there, but a lot of choices. But I think we all know that life has some major decisions that we need to pay attention to. And the reason why we know that so well is we have all got some of them so wrong. How many people have ever got a major decision wrong? And you feel it for years and years. And here's the good news. Here's something that if, if, if things have you down, this is just good, is the heart of God, of our Father God, the heart of God's nature is he wants to help us with these major decisions. We see, we see God himself inviting us. And in our design, we were requested to hang out with God. We were a creator of fellowship. Jesus, as he's revealing the Father as he tells us that we have a father that wants us to seek him, to, to knock and to ask. And he reveals, and, and we see this in Jesus. Not only does he redeem us from sin, but he restores this relationship with our father God where we can have communication. James 1.5, we see this in the New Testament. If any of you lacks wisdom, that happens to me a lot. I lack wisdom. What do I do? Let them ask God who gives liberally. It's not like, well, I'm just give you a fragment. No, I will talk with you. God wants to share with us liberally without reproach. I think it's really powerful that reproach is not like I can't talk to God. He's going to jump all over me because, you know, my life is such a mess, but he invites us to ask wisdom of him and he won't rebuke us and it will be given to him that God wants to, to share his wisdom with us. I love Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore 
boldly come to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We're invited because of what Jesus has done in these big decisions to come before him boldly and say, hey, I need help. I need wisdom. I need insight. What should I do in this situation? In the Old Testament, which we'll be in in just a moment, we see that God rebuked many of the leaders for not seeking God's counsel, but those that did, God shared liberally with them. In Psalms, he, he, he looks at the idol makers and people worshiping idols and saying, you're fashioning mouths on these idols and ears on these idols, but they're not going to talk to you. They're not going to listen to you. That is what I'm here for. I know, you know, God in the New Testament. And, and then Jeremiah 33, call unto me God's phone number. Call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou do not know. But I think of the heart of the Father and how in the New Testament Jesus reveals the Father that if, if you're trying to be good fathers, how much more is a heavenly Father wanting to be a father? And how many fathers in here, what would you feel like? If your 13-year-old or your 20-year-old came and said, Dad, I just need to talk to you. I just need some wisdom. I just need some advice. You're such a wise man. You have such good insight. Would you just sit down with me and talk with me? How would you feel as a father? Would you say, shut up, get out of here? You might with the other 35,000 decisions, but on those big decisions, it's like, wow, my son and my daughter, they're coming to me to talk. And that's the same way of the father's heart. He delights when we want to talk with them. And there's, there's probably six different ways, there's probably more than that, of, of venues or ways what we, we, uh, we take with bigger decisions. Sometimes when we deal with bigger decisions, uh, we follow the flesh. You know, we kind of sniff at it, we kind of look at it, and, you know, does it taste good, Is, you know, or whatever. It's kind of like I saw it, it looked tasty, I ate it, I threw up. You know, just kind of kind of the flesh, you know, how the flesh does. Uh, sometimes with the flesh, I, I'd like to say that sometimes there's excitement. Sometimes when, when the flesh is involved, and I've had decisions where there's excitement. Yeah, this, this is what I've always wanted. And sometimes when there's excitement, I, I, I need to realize that sometimes you can get in trouble when you follow excitement. It's kind of like that mouse saying, hey, someone put peanut butter on this metal platform that's right in front of me. And, and I've been that with excitement and boom, whoop, that was a bad decision. Some people take it to a different level and they use their brains and that's helpful in some of those 35,000 decisions. Uh, they use their intellect. And you can always tell when the voice of intellect or reason is involved because you're, you're dealing with charts, you're dealing with scales, you're dealing, you're scoring it, you know, pluses and minuses, pros and cons, good and bad. And, and a lot of people follow their intellect. Many people take a poll or call a friend you know, it's like I got a big decision, so they have to call all their friends. And the Bible does say that there's wisdom or merit and wise counsel. But the, the wild thing, and we're going to see this in a story we read in a little bit, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of goofy people out there. And I've, I've dealt with people that are struggling maybe in a marriage, and they're saying, well, I've, I've got counsel from my friends. And, and sometimes I stop. Tell me something about your friends. Well, we've got, got these four girls in the office, and they're all telling me I need a divorce. What, what kind of... Um, background they have and sometimes between the four there's like 20 divorces you know I mean it's like that might not be the best friend I've seen people they're saying well I've got financial counsel from well who'd you get it from well Uncle Henry is he you know doing really good in life he said, well he's in debt and you know he's gone bankrupt a couple times you know and all of a sudden sometimes we got to look at our wise counsel sometimes the people we surround our lives with you know they don't have the best wisdom but a lot of people they take a poll or call a friend um, uh, 
Some go to Amazon and look for stars. Um, see a lot of that. I made a wide decision. It was a 4.7 star, you know, or whatever. And then a lot of people, this is one I put in this morning. I was just thinking going over this. A lot of people, it's indecision. A lot of people just don't make a decision. That's the most convenient way is just kind of float through it. I don't want the pressure of a decision. And it's kind of like you take the rudder off your life. Decisions are important. Major decisions, sometimes you have to make a decision. Otherwise, you're just going to float through in circumstance people and issues and sometimes other forces begin to control your life and sometimes an indecision you wind up in a place that you think how in the world did I get here because you never made that decision a lot of people do that with Jesus it's well I'll deal with it later and they just kind of float through and they wind up in some disastrous places and they think they're going to make some you know deathbed conversion and sometimes that never happens it it's kind of like they go through that light. They should have stopped that, and they just get run over, and they're no more. And then last, and this, few people do this, but where we seek counsel from God. And Jesus made this available to us as believers. He opened up that door where we can come before God and seek counsel, get wisdom, get insight from him, where we can pray fast, have a little quiet time, and seek God. And it's, it's a real important thing and big decisions. When I graduated from college in 1978, there was a very, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in 78, there was a very contagious virus going around. It was just, it was just sweeping our campus. Um, and some of the, one of the signs was rings would involve, would, would just show up on girls' fingers. You know, there was an engagement virus. You know, it was just weird. It was like everyone was pairing up at the end of college, you know, and, and it, it was just crazy. I had this one friend, I remember very clearly him saying, he said, Van, I, something in me doesn't feel right about asking her to marry me. I said, well, don't. He says, I'm just uneasy, but I got to because she just would be so disappointed. Everyone else is getting married. And, and I remember he went into that marriage, you know, knowing, not, you know, I don't know whatever happened to him, but it was a tough time. And for the next eight months, I sang at weddings. I used to sing at weddings. And back then, you'd always have to do three songs. I hated singing at weddings. I don't know why, but I, I sang at a lot of weddings and, and it, it, was just, it was just constant. And I had dated the same girl all four years in college. And I'm six months out. I never popped the question. And then, lo and behold, two other girls out of my past had graduated from different colleges, and they had contacted me. So all of a sudden, I'm seeing three girls that are kind of like, man, should we do something? You know, and I'm thinking, well, I better make a decision. I better pray. And I remember praying. I remember seeking God and, you know, going over some of these verses. I'm calling out to God. I'm going to seek God. I took some time and just got quiet with God. And, and I just clearly asked, what about this girl? God said, nope. So I said, oh, thank you, God. Got two more left. And I said what I thought was the best one to last. And I went to the second one. And he said, nope. I said, it must be the third one. And God said, nope. And it was just, just that clear. And then, you know, I was pretty young at the time, and about three years later, I met this girl by the name of Lori Schrock, and I remember asking God and seeking God, saying, God, is she the one? And this is what God told, told me. He says, you treat her real nice, treat her real nice. And I just felt that, and I failed a few times, maybe once or twice at that niceness, but, but, uh, but I knew, I knew, and knew from down here. So we're going to read a story 
and there's a profit involved. It's, it's a time of a lot of decisions, some big decisions being made. And there's this prophet, a smaller prophet by the name of Micaiah that shows up in this situation. And we're going to begin reading in 1 Kings 22, 1 through 6. And you guys out there? And I want to give you the right, if you see the person snoozing off or snoring next to you, just, just you know, maybe slap them in the face. That's in this scripture. There's a, there's a passage here coming up in a little bit. For three years... There was no war between Aram and Israel. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel. Jehoshaphat shows up to see the, the king of the south got with the king of the north. And the king of Israel has said to his officials, Don't you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us and we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram? So he asked Jehoshaphat, will you go down with me to fight against Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are. My people are as your people. My horses are as your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, first seek the counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall we refrain? Go, they answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. So in these open verses, we see some heavyweight individuals. We see some headliners in this story. The king of Aram at the time was very well known because he had dominated northern Israel. He was, he was a very formidable person. They'd been at war and he dominated, took a lot of their cities. And the other king, the king of Israel, his name's not mentioned here, I'll show up in a few minutes, was King Ahab. Very notorious king of northern Israel. People remember Ahab? You might remember him by his wife. Do you know what his wife's name was? Jezebel. That's, and that's the Jezebel we get Jezebel from. And so I kind of wonder if he asked God, should I marry this woman? I wonder, you know, he probably was the one that something told me not to marry her. But he did. And so none other than the king Ahab is the king of Israel. But, and he was one of the most wicked kings of northern Israel, took them into a lot of sin. But there's another, Jehoshaphat is the weird combination because he's in big contrast to Ahab. In fact, Jehoshaphat, next to David, he probably was the king that sought God with all his heart more than any other king next to King David. He had a very pure heart, and he was a very successful king, king of the south. And for some reason, he, you know, because the south, you know, Israel had divided. The ten northern tribes and the two southern tribes, they had divided. They had warred since the king of time after Solomon died. They had fought with each other. And for some reason, I guess he got in his heart, well, maybe I need to build some relationships with some of our relatives these other 10 tribes so this is the first time that happens it's interesting later when he comes home there's a prophet that rebukes him said you shouldn't have done it and years later his children die because of this relationship he starts with Ahab and I think that tells us something that's kind of important I know that we're supposed to be salt and light and there's things we've come out of and there's maybe friendships we have there's some friendships that we probably should not reconnect with there's some people that you need to step back from and let them go. And apparently Jehoshaphat, as he got 
intertwined with him. We see even in this story, it almost cost him his life. So there's a lot of heavyweights in the situation, and Micaiah, the prophet, is going to show up and, and, uh, in this picture. Let's begin reading, uh, continue to read, and um, 1 Kings 22, 7 through 8. And it says this. But Jehoshaphat, there was these 400 prophets that showed up, and they all said, let's do it, let's do it. But Jehoshaphat said, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? So Jehoshaphat, seeing all of Ahab's prophets out there, all four of them prophesying, go for it, go for it, go for it. And Jehoshaphat says, something's fishy around here. Somehow these don't seem like prophets of God. They don't, something's not right. And then the king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, there's, there's still one prophet through whom we may require of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me. He's always bad. He is Micah, the son of Imlah. You know, it's like this guy has a bad track record. And of course, Ahab makes all these bad decisions and he has prophets warning him, but he doesn't listen. He was aware there was more prophet, but he hated him because he always tells me bad stuff. So, so anyway, here, you know, so they call him, verse 9, so the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, bring Micaiah, the son of Imlah, at once. Dressed, him, dressed in royal robes, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were still on their thrones at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria with all the prophets prophesying before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Kenah, had made iron horns, and he declared, this is what the Lord said, with these you will gore the Armenians until they are destroyed. All the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth Gilead, be victorious, they said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, look, the other prophets without exception are predicting success for the king. Let your words agree with theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, as surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what the Lord tells me. When he arrived, the king asked him, uh, Micah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or not? And so there's a picture, hold right there. There's this picture, and you think of Micaiah, sometimes when you choose to walk with God, uh, God will put you in places that you never imagined. So here's all this royal pomp. They're out in front where they're in their robes, they're on their thrones, the craziness of all these false prophets prophesying and Micaiah is called into the situation and sometimes when you walk with God and you're obedient he'll put you in these situations where man I just need to side up with them and so so the king asks should we go or not and then sarcastically Micaiah says this attack and be victorious he answered for the Lord has given the king into the king's hand and then of all things you know uh, Ahab says this to him how many times I I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord. It was like even Ahab knew that, you know, I, I believe all his life, I think Jezebel messed with him, but all his life he could know what God was doing, but he wouldn't listen to him. So he rebukes him when uh, Micaiah gives this sarcastic answer. So then Micaiah steps back and answers him the truth. I saw all of Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad? So, you know, Jehoshaphat sees this. All this decisions made before, but they still, 
And this is what happens to us. Sometimes we seek God, but we still make the wrong decision. All of a sudden, Micaiah had told them what was going to happen, that they were going to lose, he was going to die. Their whole nation was going to be without a king. Jehoshaphat's hearing that, but they still go on. And there's many times God's warned us about a decision, but we said, hey, I'm going I'm to go forward in my own pride. I'm going to move forward with it. Then we pick up in verse 24. And then Zedekiah, and he's like one of the chief of the 400 prophets, uh, the son of Canaanah, went up and slapped Micaiah on the face. See, there's that slap. So sometimes you have to use a slap, you know. Uh, which, all, which way did the Spirit of the Lord go for me uh, when I speak to you, he asked. And Micaiah replied, you will find out the day you go and hide in, in a room. So apparently, you know, um, Zedekiah, after King Ahab dies, goes and he's running for his life and he hides in a room and he remembers all this. The king of Israel then ordered, take Micaiah, and send him back to Ammon, the ruler of the city, and to jo, uh, Joash, the king's son, and say, this is what the king says, put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safety. And then Micaiah declared, if you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added, he told the people, mark my words, you people, that this will come true. And this is the first point I want to make. Sometimes, you know, when we follow God or we make a decision, um, Following God obediently is not always popular. And I think this plays into a decision. Sometimes we're making a decision and our flesh doesn't like it. Sometimes we're making a decision and it doesn't make sense. Or we realize my decision's not going to be popular. And sometimes God will lead us in ways that maybe aren't the neatest or the most pertaining to our flesh not the easiest and we're swimming up streams and it's kind of a shadow of Jesus himself as he shows up preaching truth it wasn't popular what Jesus was saying the the world didn't like it a lot of people rejected it and uh and even today uh, what Jesus says is not popular reading on first kings 22 24 through 28 says this 24 through 28 whoops I'm sorry yeah uh and we got it. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself um, and go into battle. But you put on robes so that the king, and I think I'm ahead of myself. I apologize. I missed something in my notes. Um, the other thing I wanted to make, the other point I wanted to make, following God can be costly. Not only is it popular, but it can be costly. And, and it's like uh, Machiah, he was sent to prison. And a lot of times when we follow God, we can be slapped by people that we want approval from. We can go to jail without, uh, without passing go. And a lot of times, not only are decisions un, are not popular, but they cost us. Sometimes when we follow God, we see Jesus again. When the Holy Spirit comes upon him, you see the, the Lord leading him into the desert. And there's some decisions, and this is why we don't take them, because it's not always the easy way. But when we follow Jesus in the long term, it makes a decision will be good for us. But they're not easy, and they're, they're not popular and then the last thing we see, and this is where we were a minute ago, uh, when they go into battle, this is uh, uh, the 22nd chapter, verse 29. So the king of Israel, this is Ahab, and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter the battle in disguise. This is Ahab's plan. This is sometimes you get around people that don't have a godly counsel. They're, they're selfish. They're not following God. I will enter the battle disguised, but you wear 
your royal robes. Interesting plan. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. Now the king of Aram had ordered his 32 chariot commanders. So there's 32 chariot commanders that have a bunch of them. They might have 100 chariots apiece. They're commanding them. This is their commanders. Do not fight with anyone, small or great, except the king of Israel. When the chariot commander saw Jehoshaphat, and how was he dressed? He was in all his royal robes. They thought, surely this is the king of Israel. So they turned and attacked him. But when Jehoshaphat cried out, the chariot commander saw that he was not the king of Israel and stopped pursuing him. And I think this is the last point and I, that I want to make. When we can still cry out to our Father God when we made a bad decision. How many people have ever made a bad decision? Man, we make, we make a lot of big ones. And sometimes we get in that situation and we feel like, man, you know, I knew Machiai had said the truth. I knew I probably shouldn't have been hanging out here with Ahab. I've done several things wrong back to back. And now here I am in royal garment. And all of a sudden, an entire army has surrounded me. Can you imagine what Jehoshaphat felt like? Where all of a sudden, all these chariots, it'd be like a bunch of tanks. They're all coming to your house to get you. And he cries out because he's in the wrong place with the wrong people following bad advice. And, and he follows out. It's kind of like the, the robes. I don't know if you saw the far side um, uh, little excerpt I think we've got it of the two deer you know right there you know and the one deer saying the other you know kind of bummer of a birthmark you know it's like of all birthmarks to have you know that's not a good birthmark and sometimes we feel like because of our bad decisions we're just a target for the enemy lots of times we're in situations where a lot of people they think to be honest you know, I deserve this. I've talked to people in council, Pastor Van, I really deserve this. I've made some bad decisions. I've done something wrong. I need to be taken out, you know, and this is, you know. But even at those times, we can cry out to God in the middle of, of a bad decision. And God's goodness, you know, he, that's why he says, you know, if any of you lack wisdom. A lot of us, we're running from God, but God wants because of Jesus and his redeeming nature he wants to open us up to this dialogue he wants to share his wisdom he wants to lead us he wants to be that good shepherd that leads us and and this is why I see coming out of the story and then Ahab you know what's you can see God's grace many times Ahab had called out on God and God had answered or moved Ahab had probably seen more miracles than any other king in Israel but he kept crying out and then when God would move he wouldn't listen you know there was these prophets that would show up and and he knew they had the word of the Lord but he didn't like it because his wife wouldn't have liked it or his flesh didn't like it and he didn't follow God and so at the very end of the story we're going to read this verse first Kings 22 verse 34 but someone drew his bow at random and hit the king of Israel Ahab between the sections of his armor the king told his chariot drivers, wheel around and get me out of the fighting. I have been wounded. And Ahab died. But it was just a random someone, just like, you know, it could have been a young boy. Say, I want to shoot my arrow. And he just pulls back and lets go. And I'll tell you, you can have the best of plans and God's not in them. You can have the best retirement and, and God's not in your life. You can have the best insurance. I mean, you can have, you can live in a gated community. But if you keep rejecting God's advice, There'll come a day, no matter how well you've protected your life, and that's what Ahab done. He had all this armor. He's all protected. It just went through the armor just right, and it killed him, and it took him out. Would you stand up?
I want to exhort you today. And I think Micaiah was trying to tell the truth and it was rejected. Jesus has been trying to tell the truth to us a long time and we've rejected it. And I want us as believers to realize that we need to locate ourselves in God's counsel. That's what Jesus came for. Not only redeem us from sin. That's great. It's powerful. That opens up eternity. But he relocates us so we can have relationship with our Father God. So that we can, we can begin this communication with God. And, and we need to take heed to that. We need to walk into that. And so we're going to um, close with a song. I'm going to come back here, up here after the song. But I know there's some people in here right now. There's maybe a decision. And some of you are just sitting on indecision. And it's not comfortable to maybe make a decision or a change. But you need to make that decision. You need to listen to God's voice. And a lot of times the way he leads you, it might not make a lot of sense. It might not taste the best. It might not, you might not get excited about it. But you know from hanging out with God what to do. Some of you are sitting here today and you say, PV, I've really made a bad decision. I, I feel like my life is surrounded. I, and, and I think we've all been there where you feel like everything is falling apart. But I want to tell you, we can cry out to God where we're at today. We can cry out to God. And I want to encourage you to just focus in on this. Because of Jesus' redemptive nature, realize that God is a good father saying, hey, I've been wanting to talk to you. I've been wanting to put you in my lap. I've been wanting to share some wisdom with you. There is a way out. Jesus has set you free. There's a way out. Let's begin a dialogue. So call out to God. Realize that he communicates, that he listens. Don't be afraid to boldly go before him in these next few moments. I tell you, there's no one like him. You know, I, I think a lot of people when think of Jesus, it's just some abstract, but this is a living God. And this is too good to be true for a lot of people, but we have a heavenly father that through Jesus reconnected us for a reason because he created us for fellowship and he's looking for individuals that will walk with him. These, these are days, I'll be honest, these are days that we've got to follow and know the voice of the Lord. We've got to know from our heart that God's telling us to do this and not do this. And, and, and there's going to be some cost to it, but there's a safety, there's a peace, there's a, a reward, there's an eternity for those that dare to, to listen to it. And there's an adventure. I think of Micaiah, how, you know, I mean, God took him before kings and you start listening to the voice of God and there's a, there's a whole different realm of life. And God invites us. He says, hey, man, I'll share my wisdom. His lap, so, so to speak, is available for us to boldly say, I need help. And I'll tell you, there are times when we make bad decisions. The thing you don't want to do is like, I know this is a bad decision, but my flesh wants to do it. So I'll do it anyway, and then I'll cry out to God. No, don't, don't even, don't even go there. I want to let you guys go. It's been a great day. Isn't it good just to gather and worship God? Let's give him a hand and you're free to go. Amen. <laughs>